Welcome to the Gen Z Stoic, episode 14. I'm your co-host, Mateo. And I'm your co-host, Ren. Today we're going to be talking about the connection between Stoicism and traditional masculinity, and how both Stoicism and masculinity have been frayed in today's society. That's correct. I, um, Stoicism itself is a branch of masculinity, in our opinions, and it's um, more related to the mindset and emotional regulation um, aspect. There's a lot more that goes into being um, masculine or being um, just constituting manlyhood than um, regulating your emotions and having a good mindset. But stoicism is definitely a useful tool if you use it properly towards achieving what you would see as masculinity. And I think it's going to be important for us today to define why traditional masculinity is valued. And I think the reason that stoicism and masculinity are so closely tied because you know, if you look back in history, and you don't even have to go that far, but typically traditionally masculine men do fulfill their duties regardless of if they want to or not. And I think that's one of the biggest things that stoicism preaches. It's your, you have to be uncomfortable. You have to be fine getting uncomfortable. That has to be something that you're willing to do. You have to reject how you feel about it and sometimes just do the things that are necessary. Well, and I think that one of the things that has kind of demonized traditional masculinity in the modern world is that that perspective of getting the job done no matter what and um, being that traditionally masculine men, other people have connotated it as men first and men are the priority. And I think that really the traditional masculine, the traditionally masculine men and the stoic men, one and the same, are somebody who wants to build things up and build a society, build a family, and protect all of those that he loves and cares about. And I think that that's why um, traditional masculinity is valuable is that um, too often in today's society, we see people who ultimately only care about themselves and don't really want to start a family or don't want to mm-hmm. really be any a part of anything bigger than themselves. And I think that traditional masculinity, and I don't even think we should define it as traditional masculinity. I think we should define it as masculinity because that's the best version of it, mm-hmm. is those men who want to build things up that are um, outside of themselves. And um, well, yes, certainly accomplish great things, be the leaders in society, bring along everybody with them. And to your point, I think the reason why we sort of labeled it as traditional masculinity is because, I mean, that's how it was traditionally, but I think today it's very different what society, at least in America, um, considers masculinity to be, which I think the idea of you know, you're you're taking you're taking charge and you're doing the things that you need to do. That's how progress is made, not just that in, in any area. That's how you're going to make progress. I mean, discipline. You do the things that you don't want to do, because, but you know you need to do them in order to move forward. And I think traditionally that was how America was really founded overall. I mean, especially when we started industrializing, we had men um, working up building these skyscrapers you know it's very dangerous i'm sure nobody really wanted to risk their lives just to make a pretty cheap wage but the idea of fulfilling your duty regardless of how you feel about it is how you progress as a society and as a person well it's interesting to track the progression of masculinity because while we are saying that stoicism goes hand in hand with masculinity if you read aurelius or you read seneca you read any stoic philosopher back in ancient greece or ancient rome there's not a lot on um what masculinity is or what constitutes manlyhood because simply put there was no debate about it around Mm -hmm. that time there was what is masculine what is not it was pretty much almost universally agreed upon and you had um these great leaders like aurelius who embodied that and simply said you know we don't need to talk about what a good man is we just need to be them be one Mm -hmm. be a good man and i think that that's something that's lost on today's society we so 
we see so much debate over toxic masculinity, toxic femininity, what defines a man, what is a woman, that we've kind of lost our identity in terms of what are those traits and what does it look like to embody those things mm-hmm. so that you have a generation of people who are now searching for their identity when mm-hmm. it used to be that you simply um, you would either embody those traits or you don't. And you certainly get to choose. Um, you can't be 100% masculine, I don't believe. You can't be 100% feminine. Mm-hmm. But you get to choose what your role is in society. And so many people are questioning that now because we've put um, masculinity, what traits are um, gender things, we've put that up for debate when it never has mm-hmm. been up for debate before in society. And that's, like you said, it, it was universally known what it was to be masculine. I mean, I think there's definitely a stigma around gender roles because, you know, traditionally mas- men were seen as controlling and they just want all the power. But I think that was kind of sort of a byproduct of just a progressing society that, was, that wasn't that was necessarily the main goal of what it meant to be a masculine man. I mean, I know speaking for you and I and as the Stoics preached, family always comes first. And typically as masculine men, it's our nature to want to protect our family and be strong and provide and make sure they're comfortable. Um, and, you know, there was a quote where it was, um, hard times create strong men. Strong men create easy times. Easy times create weak men. Weak men create difficult times. And I think we are in a society right now where everything is easy. Everything's accessible. Everything's comfortable. And that's why we have weak men. Because, it, I mean, there's no war in our country. There's no need to struggle to survive. There's no, you know, there is there really is no struggle. The only struggle in our society now is determining what is a man and what is a woman and try not to offend anybody. That's the struggle that we're facing. And it feels very superficial because I have a friend who recently went on a um, trip to Africa for a, a charity and they visited the area of Rwanda and in Kigali, you know, these, these people don't have anything. There are children who have, if maybe not even a pair of clothes, they don't even have shoes and all they're focused on is trying to survive and we have everything we want here and because that isn't a you know we don't have the need to survive it's just kind of given we wake up knowing that we're going to be comfortable every given day um we start to create these problems because we're comfortable because we're bored we don't have struggle i think with struggle you sort of understand the importance and the value of the things you're given and now that we've taken those things for granted we sort of become weaker as a society well and we talked about it um off the podcast um after he went to Africa. And when you have to worry about where your next meal is coming from, where you're getting clean water, you don't have time to think about those things that um, are luxury issues. Mm -hmm. I would define them as luxury issues. Um, In society, no matter what, whether it's hard times, easy times, or something in the middle, you're gonna find something to complain about. Mm -hmm. To me, the difference is in easy times, it's not a question of survival or anything like that. It's a question of, kind of an intellectual question, a question that um, really doesn't provide life-changing value to a society versus hard times, it's simply about survival. Mm-hmm. And no, that's not to say that we want hard times. We don't want war. We don't want um, famine. We don't want anybody to struggle. Right. But when you produce a society that has it so easy, as the United States does, where it's you have the American dream, like it's easy to have food. We have a bunch of government programs that help people out. Mm-hmm. It's very easy to um, at least scrape by. I know a lot of people are struggling now coming off of COVID, but it's easy to scrape by. 
and it produces a society that's used to complaining about things that mm-hmm. in the past may have seemed <clears throat> too petty. I think it's interesting to track, and this certainly isn't causation or scientific or whatsoever, but we haven't really had a major war. Obviously, we were in the Middle East, but we haven't had a major war since Vietnam, and we've had all of these issues rise up since then. Well, it's interesting because you said everybody's complaining, and also everyone's getting very lazy. I mean, look at look at American society. I mean, we're too lazy to make a sandwich, so we drive somewhere to have someone make it for us, or we're, we're you know we're too lazy to go and get food, so we have someone deliver it to our door. I mean, we are so comfortable. I mean, sure, yeah, like that's nice. Like if I'm too tired, like I'd love to have food shipped to my door, but when that becomes the standard and the norm, I mean you don't appreciate anything you have. Well, and and it's popularized in society. It's advertised everywhere. And I think it hurts both um, people who want to embody masculine traits and people who want to embody, embody feminine traits. It hurts both pretty much equally. Um, you get lazy people who complain and want to worry about the wrong issues, and then you don't get focused on what actually a good man is because you can't even define what a man is. And you don't have you have people who... Uh, don't want to start a family and want to um, be those indecent men who either prey on women or um, are in um, the business of life for the wrong reasons. And you see a byproduct of that, a historically high divorce rate in America. You, uh, more than half of marriages end in divorce, and that's ultimately a byproduct of the current American system of complacency and not really embodying a traditionally masculine men. Well, and that's what our culture does too is we define all these these activities that in my opinion are completely like purposeless you know there's no purpose like for example going to the club or going out and drinking every night or partying and all these all these things that they're activities with no long-term purpose i mean it's short-term gratification and that's something that we struggle with in america is because we're so used to having everything quickly instant dopamine just like that i mean we've talked about this in so many of our previous episodes it just gets brought up but it's a very common theme and, you know, stoicism is defined as enduring pain and hardship without showing one's feelings or complaining. <laughs> well, if you don't have hardships or pain to endure, I mean, what's the need to not complain, right? And that that's exactly what we're talking about is that's why there's a lack of stoicism. I mean, there, there, nobody's living by stoic values anymore. It feels like it feels that we're focused on the wrong issues. All these social constructs that have sort of arised from the the comfortableness of our society, like popularity or, you know, even celebrity culture is very strange, in my opinion. I mean, we idolize these people who are really just normal people. I mean, for example, there was this um, this guy who is sponsored by Gymshark, and he's a great guy, uh, but he's like 250,000 followers. You know, people really look up to this guy and put him up on this, this giant silver platter, and that's not taking away from who he is. But I, I saw him in the gym the other day, and I was like, he's just a person. You know, he's just he's just a regular guy. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, he, he you know, he's... His strong suit is the gym and lifting and his physique, and he works very hard. But I think we we put more value on people just because they have a blue check mark or a lot of followers now. And because of that, you know, we're focused on these superficial problems like, oh, I didn't get enough likes or I didn't get enough comments. And now it's that's not what real struggle is. Mm-hmm. And I think part of why we say that masculinity and stoicism go hand in hand is that the reverse is true that as we progress, you know, into whether it be celebrity culture or um, these superficial struggles and um, the complaints that we currently hear in present-day society, the people who push back against that, the people who are the, in the minority right now who practice stoic beliefs or the people who want to embody that traditionally masculine men, they're called misogynistic or they're called toxic. Mm-hmm. 
and that helps nobody. Are there aspects of um, a masculine man that could be considered toxic? Are there aspects of stoicism that could be considered toxic? I would push back and say that there aren't. There aren't aspects that could be toxic unless you use them in the wrong way. Mm -hmm. Stoicism is something where you can use it for positives or you can use it for negatives. Mm -hmm. If you're somebody who completely shuts down, never feels their emotions, somebody who is simply just stone cold the entirety of their life, that is a bad use of stoicism. But if you're somebody who recognizes your emotions and regulates them and doesn't let them influence your actions, Mm -hmm. that's... A, the proper use of stoicism, and B, a positive for you and the people that you surround yourself with. And also understanding that um, with regulating your emotions, that you have to also understand that Stoics said that you can't control everything that happens to you, but you can control how you respond every time. And if you have people that understand that and, who, and control how they respond to situations, whether they're positive or negative, you're going to have a society that thrives because you have people that put the greater good and other people before themselves. I mean... If someone did something terrible to me, I have a choice. I can retaliate or I can say, okay, you know, I just, and just not talk to them anymore. And that saves pain on both sides. Mm-hmm. But now, you know, everybody has to have an opinion on something. Everyone has to get the last word. You know, it's all about, I'm better than you. It's not, why aren't we working together? And that's also something with masculinity that has kind of been put into a negative light is that masculine men are seeking control. And that's not what it is at all. Masculine men are simply seeking to provide a sense of security. And, you know, now referring to the feminist movement, I think that the original feminist movement started with great intentions. I think it is very obvious and morally correct that women have the same rights as men. I don't think that should be a question at all. Um, but I think now, I mean, as we've seen recently in the past two years, it's there. there's a byproduct of it where, I mean, you remember the term where people were saying kill all men, mm-hmm. right? And people argue, well, that's not feminism. No, but people are identifying themselves as feminists and then saying that. And as men, you know, when you hear stuff like that, you are you feel shamed for being masculine and trying to be what is known as traditionally masculine. Uh, and then you have people start to question themselves. And I think in a society full of weak men, what I, I guess I should define what I consider weak. I think a weak man is a man who falls victim to his impulses and his emotions. Um, and I was talking to my mom about this, actually. And I was saying, if you have a society of men who listen to their emotions and impulses all the time, you're going to have very dangerous men. You're going to have men who are pigs, who if you go to a party and you drink, they're going to take advantage of you. Or on the streets, they're going to rob you because they're poor and they, know, they they just need the money. They're acting on impulse or, you know, violence of any kind. And so that's the problem. And there was something that was brought up where when we're, it was a pro-life and pro-choice argument. And the, the person who was pro-choice was arguing that, well, what happens, if, you know, if a woman is raped, right? And then she has to bear a baby. Well, I think one way to address that problem is you start by telling men to be more masculine, to stop acting on impulse and to be more stoic because if you have a society of stoic men there is no need to fear walking alone at night there's no need to be afraid of going to parties or going out because you have men who are smart and who are respectful i mean one of the main virtues of stoicism is respect and honesty and like you said there is nothing toxic about stoicism because if it's driven by the the tenant of honesty nothing that is honest can be evil and i truly believe that right and I just look at it from the family perspective. Imagine if we had a society currently of men who prioritized family, who prioritized I'm going to date for marriage, who mm-hmm. prioritized 
I want to protect these people instead of men who are like, I'm in it for my own interests and I only care about women for their looks, which is where we're currently at. Yep. Like you said, if we had a society of men who prioritize those families, we would not see broken households. We would not mm-hmm. see households where there's only one parent. We would see healthy households and we would see healthier children. We would see a healthier society. And so Great. I think that we really need to push back against the label of toxic masculinity. I think that what we label as toxic masculinity isn't masculinity in of itself. Mm-hmm. Masculinity is not domestic violence. Masculinity is not um, a culture of not being able to reach out or not being able to speak mm-hmm. on anything. That's not what masculinity is. Masculinity is a set of values that you provide security, you provide safety, you provide leadership, and you prioritize the right things in your life. You prioritize the things that give you joy and give other people's joy instead of hurting others just for temporary satisfaction. And because of toxic masculinity, I think a lot of people see it because there are certainly a lot of you know, influential figures who are men who push for traditional masculinity to make a comeback, but who also kind of say, you know, well, who um, degrade, degrade women at the same time. And I would like to say that, you know, we're not for that by any means. We don't believe that, you know, a woman shouldn't cheat on a man, but a man can cheat on his woman because he's a man. Like we, we are not advocating for that. What we're simply saying is, and this goes for both men and women, for masculinity and femininity, but if you seek true intimacy, like you were talking about, dating for marriage, dating to have a family, dating to raise your children the right way. And I guess the right way is subjective. I mean, we have some bias, but I think we would consider the right way to be stoically. Uh, I think men and women can both be stoic. Men and women can both abide by respect and honor and honesty. Um, And therefore, I feel like if you just have a society of people who are living that way and who don't take things for granted, because as soon as you start to take things for granted, then you become greedy. And when you become greedy, then that leads to just you want more power. And that's where the idea of men being controlling and just seeking power over their spouses or their wives becomes an issue. Because that's not the source. It's simply a byproduct. And as we've talked about, there are many byproducts of um, traditional masculinity or feminism or whatever. And that's not what the the basic ideals are about. It's simply a product because of how our society has progressed. Well, I'm going to go back to what you started out with. I think it's important to mention those influencers, those people who you see on your For You page who talk about bringing back traditional masculinity. You think of, like, Sneeko. You think of Andrew Tate, Mm -hmm. who are very controversial figures. And... I'll go out on a limb and say that probably 75%, 80% of the things that they say are true. But too often when you have these people who get into the positions of an influencer role and have a massive audience, they drift into misogyny. They drift into things mm-hmm. that are hurtful to other people. Mm-hmm. And whether it's their true beliefs or whether it's something to get likes, it's harmful. Mm-hmm. And what one thing that I want to note about these influencers is there's a reason that they got so popular. There's a reason that there are 14-year-olds who, you know, take to the streets after Andrew Tate got arrested and are saying free Top G. There's a reason that he has such a big following. It's because we currently are questioning what masculinity is. And so you have one extreme, which is Andrew Tate and misogyny and the alpha male mindset. And then you have another extreme, which is what I would say is probably far leftism, um, extremism in terms of... um, toxic masculinity who are telling men that it's shameful Mm -hmm. to embody whatever traits a man would Mm -hmm. and that men should be reclusive and secondary citizens and so when you when you give that option to a teenage boy it's clear which extreme is better Mm -hmm. the extreme that allows them to 
go to the gym, the extreme that allows them to express themselves as a man is better than the one that says that they should be ashamed and hide their identity. That's a really good point, actually, saying that, you know, they would choose the extreme that allows them to be in a position of control of themselves. Because like you were saying, if you're being told that you have to submit to um, the idea that a man can be a woman or that a man can have feminine traits, right? Um, He's going to obviously choose the one where he has control. Right. And that that is definitely a problem. I mean, you have like you said, you get people who rise to these positions of power and then abuse it to an extent. But there's a reason that, like you said, the Andrew Tate had such a quick following so fast is because many men feel that way, that they aren't being represented in society anymore, that masculinity has gone completely out the window and that we're regressing now. And that's where it kind of becomes difficult because you have to have. I, I think that you have to have flexibility in a society, but you also have to have a sense of structure in some things. Because if you don't and you're flexible always and you're allowing people to break the what I call moral rules, then that's where it gets that's where it's problematic. Yeah, and I I believe that and I think when you talk about moral rules, it ties into the mindset. And I think one of the things that people appreciated about Andrew Tate was his mindset. Andrew Tate was somebody who did talk about stoicism. Mm-hmm. It wasn't the mainstream yep. stuff. It wasn't probably what a lot of people see when they were given his content, but he talked about stoicism. For motivation, again, we'll go out on a limb and say that Andrew Tate is a great motivator. He is somebody who is good at giving you a proper mindset. Now, his views on women and his views on social issues are something that I disagree with mm-hmm. and something that is problematic. I'm going to say, yes, I disagree too, just so we're on the same page yeah, here. Okay. Um, but again, one of the aspects of that mindset is the brutal honesty, mm-hmm. which again goes right hand in hand with stoicism, is the brutal honesty that Andrew Tate was unapologetic about his opinions and mm-hmm. is something that men want to embody. Men and women should be unapologetic about their views. Mm-hmm. But again, we have one extreme that is telling men that they should be apologetic for any view they have, and then another extreme mm-hmm. that's telling men that they should be able to express whatever right. opinion, even if it's hateful, and there should be no backlash. Mm-hmm. And once again, when you are presented with that ultimatum, you're going to take the option that allows you to express yourself. And that's why I think stoicism is so important because stoicism stoicism is an outlet for those young kids. It's an outlet um, for people who want to embody masculinity. It's an outlet for those people in a healthy way, in a way that doesn't degrade anybody or puts anybody down or makes somebody a second-class citizen or um, prioritizes a certain gender over another. It's something that is just simply a healthy mindset, teaches a lot of the things that some of these influencers do without again being disrespectful towards anybody or even in my opinion even being controversial right and like you were saying about about his overall message and and being controversial the only reason he was controversial is because the things that he said about women and his view on that that was what went mainstream you have him telling kids that and specifically young men that they need to be in the gym that they need to be working hard, that they need to be relentless in pursuit of whatever their goals are. They need to seek knowledge. They need to view life as a chessboard, which is funny because chess has become extremely popularized in the last few months. Mm-hmm. I mean, everybody and their dog is playing chess at this point. Yeah. But that's interesting to me because, I mean, chess has been around since the beginning of time, it feels like. And and then it was like, yeah, I mean, I, I my grandpa knows how to play chess, but now everybody's playing. But when you're told... To view chess or to view life as a chess game, being told to think ahead, you're being told to be perspicacious, you're being told these traits of stoicism, and that is why 
We need more people, men specifically, to speak out on why masculinity is important in a non-misogynistic way because that would be good representation of what we're really trying to speak about. Mm -hmm. And I, I guess that's why we chose to talk about this on today's episode is because we don't feel like there's been necessarily an adequate discussion around what masculinity should be and what it is. Uh, you see, I mean, like you said, you get people in high positions of power and they abuse it. But if you have people who think logically all the time and are just very morally correct people who are speaking on what true masculinity is and who speak with respect, then you might have a society that's willing to take that opinion in. Well, and I think certainly masculinity is important for men, but on the flip side, I believe it's important for women too. I um, There's a variety of opinions on this issue, but... I feel as though women would prefer masculine men. And currently, we have a society that has kind of demonized that. I think mm -hmm. women certainly would benefit from masculinity. Like you said, there's the aspect of safety, security, mm -hmm. all of those things. But when you're faced with a choice of a life partner, um, would you rather have somebody who is a hard worker, wants to provide for you, or somebody who wants to put themselves first and, mm -hmm. and in exactly. a society where we don't prioritize that and we see that high high divorce rate and it's a product of mm -hmm. a lack of attraction and i think if we developed more masculine men men who um return to those traditional values mm -hmm. we would see healthier relationships we wouldn't only see healthier households we'd see healthier relationships well especially and, not, and it's, i'm just gonna go ahead before i forget because you're talking about households specifically i mean if you have fathers or people in that role who are whether it's physically abusive verbally abusive who are just violent and um, submit to their anger that is probably the main reason why masculinity is shamed is because that's people like that also say well I'm a man like and then they get angry and then they cause violence and they cause a lot of harm that's not what masculinity is and we both you know certainly experience that to a degree right mm -hmm. yeah and when that happens it's cycled back it's generational where mm -hmm you pick up on that as being the norm. You pick up the, mm -hmm. on that as being what family life is, and then it keeps happening. That's why we see domestic violence. I, I will say that it's a, a male issue. Domestic violence mm -hmm. is certainly a male issue, but it's because we have that lack of masculinity and it gets cycled through. So the, those people who see it at home then reciprocate, and when they have children, they get married, they do the same exact things. Mm -hmm. We started progressing away from that you know, decades ago, and now we're seeing an epidemic of domestic violence. It's no coincidence. Um, even, yes, domestic violence existed when we had what we call a nuclear family and those men who prioritized family life, but it was at a, it was at a much lower rate. Right. And what happens when you um, kind of demonize and lower masculinity on the totem pole is you get men who are insecure, you get men who act on their feelings, like you said, mm -hmm. and insecurity and acting on your feelings breeds harm. That's what Stoics right. preached. And unfortunately, the harm takes place in the form of domestic violence or child abuse mm -hmm. or any form of abuse. And we see that again, time and time again in society today. Right. And it's becoming increasingly apparent in households all across America, e even in, you know, what's considered to be healthy and vibrant communities. Right. Um, but like you were saying, to go back to your point about how masculinity is important for women as well. Um, I, I heard this quote and I don't remember who said it, um, but this is, these aren't my words. Um, but it was that the, the woman protects the inside of the man, the, the internal feeling, the emotional side of the man, and the man protects the outside of the woman. So 
physically he's protecting this woman and that doesn't mean that you know he can't feel and be emotional with this woman but i think that's a really beautiful thing and that is what a really good relationship between a masculine a traditionally masculine man and a traditionally feminine woman are you have a woman you know who's modest and who cares about her husband and her children and you have a man who wants to protect his his wife and his children equally because we clearly know that there are biological differences between a man and a woman mm -hmm. it is far more likely that a biological man could physically protect a family better than a f biological woman i mean it's common sense and even that t in today's society has been skewed to say that oh well men are physically stronger than women that's not true well not saying that some women aren't stronger than some men but on average in, in general are, you know yeah. um the strongest man will always be stronger than the strongest woman physically now mentally it's a whole different argument because I think women have to go through things that men couldn't even begin to understand. And that's just our nature. So we've, we sort of strayed away from this sense of reality and it's more about how we feel. Well, how we feel doesn't determine what's real or not. If something is objectively good and we feel that it's bad, that doesn't change the, fa the fact that it's good, right? Well, and I, uh, we brought it up briefly earlier, but gender roles, I think that your quote about protection in terms of inside and outside is the proper definition of gender roles. Gender roles isn't a woman stays home and the man goes out and makes the money. Gender roles is your roles within the relationship, your mm -hmm. roles in terms of connection with um, each other and connection with mm -hmm. your children if you choose to have them. That's what gender roles are. And I think that a society functions better when the gender roles are a woman takes care of a man emotionally and a man physically protects his family. Mm -hmm. And I think that whether you find that controversial or not, it's, it shouldn't be. It should not be controversial for people to say that I, for men to say I want to protect my family, and for women to say that I'm here to support right. uh, my husband and my family in whatever capacity possible. The men can do the same thing, and the, and the woman can do the opposite. The society would function much better, and we would have much healthier families if we returned to that. And I don't think it's a coincidence that because we've sort of strayed away from that, that domestic violence and divorce rates have gone up. I don't think that's a coincidence. Of course, you can't prove its causation, but you could definitely study take a correlational study and find a very high correlation between the two. And like you were saying, nowadays, and this goes for both men and women, men are very weak and they say, oh, I just want to go have fun. I just want to go out with my buddies and go to the clubs and, you know, meet all these girls and hook up culture, blah, blah, blah. So fun. No purpose. Absolutely no purpose. It's temporary fulfillment. It's pleasure. And Stoics will preach 10 times out of 10 that purpose is always greater than pleasure. And women are the same way because women are now like, oh, well, I, I'm by myself and I want to go be empowered or I want to just be very independent and then do the same thing. You know, it, you're, you're obstructing your morality. You're obstructing what your worth is by giving yourself away. I mean, what makes something special is because not many people can have it. And that goes for a man and a woman. If a man is giving himself out to every woman, he's not special. If a woman's giving herself out to every man, she's not special. Right. We talked about this in our episode on pornography, that um, there's nothing really empowering about objectifying yourself and mm -hmm. um, really selling your sexuality. I think that that's another issue that's plagued us, and it um, we talked about in the pornography episode, it hurts men and women. And when you have a society that's kind of abandoned that and kind of rejects relationship culture and glorifies hookup culture what you get is these really shallow relationships. And I think, um, not to go off on a tangent, but I think that the concept of birth control is also interesting to note in terms of the rise of divorce rates. Um, yeah. I, I forgot where I saw the other day, but I saw something about how um, 
when women take birth control, it skews their judgment of um, men and they're attracted to more feminine mm-hmm. men. And then when they get off of it because they're in marriage and they want to have kids, mm-hmm. they suddenly look at their partner and are like, this is, this is a weak guy. This is somebody who I'm not attracted to. Right. And boom, you have divorce. And so I'm not arguing for or against birth control. You make your own decision on that. But I just think it's interesting to note kind of on a tangent. No, you're certainly right. And I've seen that everywhere because you have, you know, birth control, uh, soy, iron pills, perfumes, soaps, cosmetics in today's society are endocrine disruptors for women. And, you know, for women, unfortunately, there's been this stigma that they have to be physically beautiful. And so they buy all uh physically beautiful in societal standards mm-hmm. and meet those standards um and so they're taking you know all the, all this makeup all this stuff to feel beautiful and that's unfortunately the message that we've portrayed but it's very important to note that like you said there are many things not just birth control that are affecting women's hormones and how they view men there have been many studies that show that and you know that isn't a coincidence either no and it all what it all just adds up to is that until we get into another really tough time, we're going to face this this debate. Mm-hmm. It's inevitable. We're going to face this debate everywhere we go. You can't exist if you're not a man or a woman. It's a part of your identity, whether you want it to be or not. Mm-hmm. And so you're going to have to go everywhere with that identity. And in some places, it'll be challenged. In some mm-hmm. places, it'll be accepted. What we're pushing for is that you reject, you reject that and you say you do not care whether it's accepted or rejected. You know what's best for you. You know what's best for the society as a whole. Mm-hmm. You know what you want. Date for date for intimacy. Date for marriage. Reject hookup culture. If uh, Embrace traditional masculinity. If you're a young male listening to this episode, embrace masculinity. There's nothing shameful about being a man. There's nothing shameful about going to the gym, working hard. Mm-hmm. There's nothing shameful about wanting to start a family, um, wanting a faithful wife, wanting... Um, a bunch of kids. There's nothing shameful about what you might view as a traditionally masculine male. And there's nothing shameful um, for young um, female listeners. There's nothing shameful about wanting to be a traditionally feminine woman either. Mm-hmm. What we're saying is that whether you choose to embrace it or not, don't lose the debate on what masculinity and femininity is. Right. That's not up for question. And it's very easy to feel that your view is wrong because of what society is pushing forward now. I mean, I know there are many men who feel that they want to be traditionally masculine, but because society is sort of counterculturing that and saying, no, that's bad, that they're like, oh, it is. If that's how you feel, that is totally fine, man. It is not shameful to be a masculine man. And I'll say from experience, I mean, I'm one of the most <laughs> disciplined eaters I know because I go to the gym and I meal prep and I eat the same meal every single day. And people are like, aren't you so tired of eating the same meal every single day? Or like, oh, that looks so bland or that's so boring. Like, switch it up. There is no shame in being disciplined. There is no shame in having healthy habits that are objectively good for you. I, I think that's also important to know. Habits like the gym or reading or, you know, building yourself up physically and mentally, those are objectively good habits. Um, I think habits like drinking for fun, I mean, that's that's a terrible habit. There are no benefits, especially for your health. And that's still, like Stoics say, your, your body is your temple. And so when you have a society that is weak and conforming to habits that are detrimenting both your that that are detrimental to both your physical and mental health and we've called it a norm that's a problem so reject modernity modernity modern modern life reject modern life go (laughs) be stoic 
you don't have to you don't have to live in a city you don't have to go to the clubs every night you can just own a farm and own some cows and go to the gym and sit out in the sun all day and eat meat that is perfectly fine and that is actually what I would love to do when I grow up. Dream so life. Just, I'm just going to put that out there, man. Well, and I would also note that um, with these influencers that we talked about, they want to rope in certain values of what femininity is and what masculinity is. And it's up for you to judge whether or not you embrace those or not. Mm-hmm. Um, we've certainly defined what our version is of that. You don't have to believe that. Um, we just ask that you listen to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but find your version of masculinity we hope that it prioritizes the right things and then it prioritizes family and it's healthy but um reject those things that other people want to rope into it for you mm-hmm. um a lot of people want to say that oh masculinity means never talk about your feelings that's not true that's not true at all regulate them mm-hmm. if you're having a, a weak moment lean on somebody talk to somebody um you see men with really high suicide rates like you see um 80 of suicides are men like you see all of that, and that's because some people are roping that into masculinity and are following mm-hmm. that. Um, it's not weak for a man to talk out. Mm-hmm. What is weak for a man is exactly what you said is falling into those bad habits and prioritizing the wrong things. Mm-hmm. So def- define masculinity for yourself, but look at those role models. There are people out there, certainly not Andrew Tate, but there are people out there who are well-known who are role models mm-hmm. for young men. Search for those people if you need guidance. Um, we'd certainly hope that you'd um, reach out for us if you need if you need guidance. We've been through some things and we could provide mm-hmm. some lessons outside of just the stoic values. Um, but find that role model, find somebody to model yourself mm-hmm. off of and reject what we are currently right. debating around femininity and masculinity. And I think it's important to note that while you do want to model yourself from these people, you don't want to try and become the person um, that they are because that's, you know, that's unfeasible. You have to simply take traits from these role models and you have to create the best version of yourself using these traits. You can't simply try to be one person because you'll be chasing this identity that doesn't exist in yourself forever. It's also very important for men to have a very close group of male friends or what we consider, you know, brothers from another mother, right? We, we say that sometimes, but because when you have three or four high quality men that you can be emotional with, that is that is amazing because I, I think personally I would have a very hard time becoming emotional around uh, my wife or my, you know, even my kids because I don't want them to see me as weak. I don't want them to see me in that way. And that's not saying that I am not emotional at all, but there are, there's a time and place to be emotional. You know, there, there are certain people that are, that should be allowed to see that side of you and certain people that depend on you and that rely on you to be strong. And therefore that's why it's important to regulate it. If, if your daughter, you know, relies on you to be her strong dad and she sees you crying, she might be worried. So you have to be strong for the people that it matters for. And that's what masculinity is all about. Protection and security and doing the right thing and living morally with stoic virtues. And it's been perverted in today's society. Um, it's been perverted by people who want to hype it up but do it in the wrong way. And it's been perverted by people who want to tear it down mm-hmm. and cast it in a negative light when it shouldn't be. And I think that through all that darkness for um, what you would deem traditional masculinity, traditional femininity, for all that darkness, there are shining lights. There are people out there who want to embrace it, and those people should go for it, because if we progressively embrace it, it will become the norm once again, and we won't have to have this discussion. Right. And with that, we will end episode 14. Thank you for listening. 
Um, if you are not subscribed, please subscribe to the Gen Z Stoic Podcast. Anything to add? Yeah, if you're new, um, be sure to listen to our previous episodes. Thank you for listening this far in, and we will see you in episode 15.